And we're back. All right. So I am here with Sam and Andy. We are talking all things growing up, finding ourselves, um, influences, Seattle, sleepless in Seattle, Meg Ryan, just everything, you guys, everything that you could imagine, we're covering it. Um, shifting gears a little bit, Andy, I am so interested in this. I am literally dying to talk to you about it, but... Um, <laughs> So you've been in school for a little while now, and I would love to hear about your time in school, but mostly because I was not a school person (laughs) whatsoever. It just like was not for me. And I think I was just preoccupied with other things. Do you know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, school was just difficult for me. So I really am impressed with the individuals who are really dedicated to their schooling and like really know what they want to do and go for it and stay motivated throughout right they don't go over their first year and they're like eh, <laughs> i'm gonna you know and not that anything's wrong with that people can change their mind but i'm very impressed by the people who stay motivated so um can you tell me a little bit about your time definitely um yeah school is for sure not for everyone and speaking of motivation that's kind of at a low at this particular moment but we'll get through so there's not to say that there aren't people that are just like, I school and have blinders on and can absolutely sustain that. Um, you know, it's still a, a challenge. Um, so I did my bachelor's, my two bachelor's degrees at Florida State University in Tallahassee. Um, and I did biology and psychology. And I honestly did psychology because it was fun. And I just felt, I just thought it was really interesting. Um, but biology was kind of always ever since high school, again, going back to like, I had really wonderful supportive teachers. I had some really great biology teachers in high school. Um, and I really resonated with it. I found biology like fascinating and therefore easier than other subjects. Um, and I knew that I always really liked studying different like plants and animals and life and how things work together but I never really knew there was a field or a name for it until I got to I think my junior year of college and I took a class called ecology and I was like whoa this thing exists that's amazing I just thought it was like I thought biology was just like medicine which because my dad's a doctor kind of made sense that's what I was exposed to um And so then I realized there was this field out there called ecology and it's really rich and diverse and has like these really cool um, perspectives on things. And of course there's like multiple subfields within that. And so then I started taking classes in like plant biology or field botany and learning about um, predator prey interactions and all of these concepts that like I kind of vaguely thought about, but didn't really have words for. Um, And that started me kind of on a, like research path where I started doing some more research um, projects for different teachers, like as an honors project. And then I did um, a research, it's called an REU research experience for undergraduates. And so I went out to Colorado and did some research for like this summer internship basically. And then I graduated and I did, um, I got hired on as a research tech, a field tech at that job. And so then I did lab work and I kind of was always in this research field of ecology. And the more that I got into it, the more frustrated I got with it because I'm like, look at how smart all of these researchers are. They're coming up with like clear scientific evidence that supports 
X, Y, and Z that, you know, deforestation is happening or this is happening or whatever, these different like fields. And I felt very passionately about protecting the planet and the animals and the plants and et cetera. And I was just so frustrated that there was nothing happening with all of this scientific research and scientific data. And I was like, I can't, I can't imagine spending the rest of my life in a lab doing all of this research and spending all of my time in this. And it like just sitting on a desk somewhere or sitting in a library somewhere. And it was seemed really frustrating for me. And so I took some time off and I did like, I did a yoga teacher certification and I did like a permaculture design certification. And I did kind of like some other education things that kind of, I felt like were more for my personal growth and like reflection than anything else. Um, you know, I would love to be a yoga teacher, but that, um, will come at some point. And at that time I was doing research into graduate degree programs with the, like the idea that I wanted to connect like this ecology mindset and the sustainability mindset and this like idea of interconnections and this idea of like saving the planet with like actionable opportunities. And I found this program at university of Washington, which allows for a concurrent degree with, um, Evans School of Public Policy and Governance and the School of Environmental and Forest Sciences. And so that's where I applied to and I ended up, there were a couple other programs like environmental science type graduate degree programs I looked into, but really this was the one that I kind of pinned my hopes on because I liked the idea that it was like, okay, I'm going to take this idea of research and develop my research skills. And then like, I can actually push it into the policy world and like have change happen. Um, and so I've been doing that for, this is going to be my third year doing that. Um, so I'm going to get two master's degrees out of three years of work. Um, and when I was thinking about what exactly I wanted to do environmentally, I came back to food and like agriculture and a lot of like, like water pollution comes out of agriculture. A lot of emissions come out of agriculture, a lot of like environmental degradation, in general comes from our agricultural practices. And I found that really frustrating. And from my permaculture course, I learned of this really wonderful woman called Vandana Shiva. And she does a lot of work with soil in India. And I was like enamored. And then add to the fact that soil is like, so understudied, like people like call it the black box of our planet, like in the same way that we haven't really fully explored our ocean and we don't really know much about the oceans of our planet. We know very little about soil. Like we know very little about how to study the life that's going on in the soil. Just by like the act of studying soil, you destroy the soil that you're building. Um, and this goes back to like indigenous cultures had wonderful, wonderful, like very complicated and complex systems of studying and nurturing and tending soil systems that like colonizers completely wiped out. And are, I think that if you even look at it kind of metaphorically, the way that our agricultural agriculture, oh my gosh, our agricultural practices treat the soil is a very akin to like how larger corporate, like capitalistic patriarchal systems like affect the planet and the earth and like oppressed individuals. And so it kind of was like this very poetic synthesis of a lot of the things that I'm interested in into like one field of study. And so I think that's kind of how I gravitated towards that. And then my, my professor is fantastic. I really appreciate and 
like love her to pieces. She does work with composting and biosolids. And so that has like systems implications. And so what I'm studying and working on with her is looking at how community garden use, and there's a community garden program in the area, actually in Tacoma, um, where they take the biosolids, which are the remnants following wastewater treatment. So when you flush the toilet, the solids and the liquids go down, they go to a wastewater treatment plant. They get treated, so the, the solids get separated from the liquids, everything gets treated, and then the, the water is, or the liquids is flushed someplace else, and then you left with the solids. They take those solids, and instead of just treating them as a waste product and trying to like bury them somewhere or incinerate them, they take it and they add um, wood chips or wood waste, compost it, and turn it into this really valuable, completely safe um, soil amendment. And it, they then give this soil product to community gardens to grow food in. And so you're taking this like waste product and turning it into a way for people to feed themselves. And so that's the, we're looking at how people are using the, the community gardens and the, that product. And I, it just ticked so many boxes for me of like the things that I enjoy and like personally feel very passionately about, as well as it gives me an opportunity to do research and use these ecological skills and this ecological mindset I developed. And then the Evans School has given me public policy tools and given me um, ways to take this research and push it into the wider sphere and talk to different cities about it and to try to like push it into legislation and do things that take like elevate that research from just a thesis project to something that I feel like is a path forward if that makes any sense it, it really does and you're literally literally blowing my mind I'm so crazy <laughs> I'm like I'm so crazy about this so I guess so even like breaking it okay so we got to how you know you where you are you know like how you got to where you are but so breaking it down so like if someone would, were to ask you, what is soil? Like, I guess I think, I'm like, is it dirt? Is it like, I, I, I guess there's just some things that I just do not know about it at all. Like you were saying how it's not studied often. Like, I can believe that. Um, so, so soil science, can um, you talk a little bit about just like soil and like maybe how it forms and like I see I, I don't even know how soil forms like <laughs> just all of these things and like what makes up soil yeah okay great questions so soil is oh my gosh there's so many like there's a whole field of study to this in terms of like what is soil that's like soil taxonomy um there I guess to try to like simplify it as generally as I can like soil is like the minerals and organic matter and then the chemistry and biology that exists within dirt I guess let's say that and so I've heard people who are like soil is like the living form of dirt if you like kill all the living stuff in it you're left with dirt but if you add the biology and add like the chemistry and the life interactions in it then you have soil I'm not sure that I subscribe to one belief or the other like I just like the word dirt but it's fine um there are different ways of forming soil. So like obviously taking um, plants when they decompose or any really, we're a carbon-based planet, taking any of that carbon and allowing like the soil biota, like the stuff that lives in the soil to degrade it, adds organic material to the soil. And now you're improving and adding into the soil. Um, the rocks and the minerals, as they weather or degrade, they add minerals 
and the like kind of the basic building blocks into the soil, like the clays and the stuff that um, is the weathered remains of the ancient rocks and mountains and things. Those are the parts of the soil. Um, it's really this, like, you'll be amazed. It's like literally a whole field, like how you can classify animals. This is like going back to high school biology, but do you remember like King Philip came over for great spaghetti or something where it talked about like the different genera or phyla of life where it was like, we're mammals and we are like vertebrates. And so you can like break humans down into like their little niche. You can do that with soils. You can be like, this is like a volcanically derived alluvial deposit of blah, 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 blah. And it's like this whole realm in and of itself. Um, I, when I think of soil, like I think of the life of soil. If you like a teaspoon of soil holds like miles of fungi and like millions and billions of bacteria and like protozoa and like single celled organisms and like, like larger organisms, like there's a whole food chain that exists within the soil. And that food chain like has, has evolved with like plants and animals that exist above the soil into like this really like beautiful dance that supports each other and is like ne like needs each other. Um, and I guess I'm totally like rambling. I really enjoy soil, but um, <laughs> yeah. What was, was, it, was the question? No, I love it. I that? love it. And I love how you're um, kind of connecting everything. Right. So we are all connected. Animals are connected with the soil and even the like, the minerals in the soil it's just it's also crazy and it's something that you would never like i have never thought of these things before i really haven't so um soil science is kind of like an encompassing sort of term right so are there different fields of um study within soil like is there different tiers i guess i don't know <laughs> no absolutely um yeah soil science is very broad and like i was just touched on like soil taxonomy is like classifying different soils like what are they different like what are they made of is it this percentage clay versus sand versus loam versus whatever there's like that version there's like soil scientists that only work in like agronomy and they just care about like what is the like what are the necessary fertilizers to get this soil to produce like this particular crop? There's like soil ecology, which is like, again, what I'm drawn to, which is like, how are the organisms working within the soil and how are those like function, like how are those organisms functioning as part of like the larger ecosystem? There's soil chemistry. There are people who are just looking at soil carbon sequestration. So that's a really big term, but it's talking about, how the soil is one of the largest like sponges for carbon. So if we talk about global warming and climate change and like carbon is kind of the buzzword there, um, trees sequester carbon, like they take in carbon dioxide as they photosynthesize and they hold that and they turn it into like their structures. And then when those trees decompose, all of that carbon is taken into the soil. And so it's kind of like this huge like part of the equation of global warming is learning about how soil can do that. Um, there's people who are just studying um, soil in terms of what, what do I even want to think of like soil physics. So engineers are studying soil, like how can we build on soil, which soil, how is soil stable for 
different structures. How is soil stable for earthquakes or things like that? Um, with wildfires being a big topic right now, like there are people who are looking into how soil reacts when it's burned um, and uh, how it can sustain things in the future after it's been burned or how quickly it can recover from being burned. Um, it's kind of just like, I guess, any other field in science where like the deeper you go into it, the more kind of pieces of pie you can find or different areas you can go into. Um, yeah, I, I think I gravitate a little bit more towards the ecological side of things as well as the like applied side of things. Like I, I feel like, and this comes back to like some permaculture training and some personal things, but it's really important to me to be able to study something that I can make a difference with. And I see um, agriculture being a really big way. And that even means like urban agriculture or larger agricultural systems and practices. Um, and composting falls into that realm. So creating soil or like improving the soil organically and naturally and not being so dependent on chemical fertilizers, I think is a really um valuable perspective to have and one that I generally align myself with. Hmm. So I, I, I kind of have a two-parter question. Um, yeah. One, I'm just really interested. So what um, role does water play in all of this mm. and the quality of soil? And then also um, say, you know, someone asks you, why, why study soil? Why study soil in the first place? Like what, you know, I guess, what does it have to offer if they're just trying to understand more? And, um, yeah. Okay. So I'll answer the second part first, mm -hmm. because I feel like if you enjoy eating, you want to study soil <laughs> because everything, or if you enjoy living, like everything that sustains, like this is totally human centric, but everything that sustains humans comes from the soil. Um, if you're talking about like trees and plants, and even if you do consume or like utilize animal products, like those eat plants and like the soil is kind of like the foundation of most terrestrial like food chains or ecosystems like you that's just how it is um i i also feel like if you've ever gotten your hands into like really good soil and like you've gardened and you've like really like grown vegetables like there's something like i see kids do it where like when a kid grows a seed and they get to like touch and play with soil, there's like this very visceral like affection for soil um, that and like affection and fascination that like I think humans instinctively realize how important soil is if you really stop and think about it. Um, when you go into like a forest or someplace like very green, like you can smell the soil smell and it's not this gross, yucky, like, Ugh, it smells dirty like it smells like home I guess to me and I I think that a lot of the the because a lot of our like earth systems and like when I talk about earth systems I guess I'm thinking about the hydrological cycle or like the air cycle like atmospheric cycles things like that like larger earth mechanisms depend on soil and healthy soil particularly and to understand like what a healthy soil is and how humans are impacting the healthy soil is like really critical for our like survival um, and our, our ability to thrive on the planet. Um, and then what was the, the first part of the question? 
Um, so water, what sort oh. of role does water play in all of this? Because, I mean, it's crucial to our lives. Let's get real. So, like, what... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so what role does it play? Um, so the water cycle is, like, absolutely, uh, like, integrated into the soil. Um, in terms of if you think about how rain falls on a surface and it will, if it's a healthy soil, it will infiltrate into the soil and it will support like the plant life, which will then like transpire that water back up again into the atmosphere and like maintain this like really nice climate for us. That water will like percolate down and become and like filter through the soil. Like there's like lots of different organisms, particularly fungal organisms that like filter pollutants out. And so that soil kind of acts as like the life filter. Um, it will filter out the pollutants from the water and kind of go into the like larger reservoirs that are like nested within the soil to then come out and like feed into oceans and rivers and things like that. Um, a healthy, like you can tell a healthy soil by how quickly water will infiltrate or the water holding capacity of the soil. So like when you measure healthy soil or soil health, water is part of the equation for how you do that. Like healthy water and healthy soil go like hand in hand with each other. Um, so I don't know if that there's, oh my gosh, like, so you could go so deep with that in terms of metaphor, but also like active, like fields of study, like the soil hydrology is a field of study. You could go into how water moves through soil systems as just how like there are people that study that, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is mind boggling to me. Oh yeah. And yeah, I think like in the most like basic way I can think of it is, um, you know, soil directly affects our plants, which mm -hmm. directly affects our air quality, which directly affects our quality of life and like life itself, you know, it's all connected. And I, you know, it's, if you're not studying it or you're not, you don't have someone, you know, with access to the knowledge that, that you have, it's, it's, you aren't aware of these things. I feel like for mm -hmm. most people, you just aren't aware. And it's what we live on. It's what we live off of. It's, it's just so crazy. And so I, I do want to focus on another part, um, public policy. So what does this entail? Because I see where environmental policy will feed into, you know, um, I, soil and, you know, that sort of work and the science behind it. So on a base level, what goes into a public policy degree and how are you going to um, kind of tie it all together? Excellent point. As for the how I'm going to tie it all together, that's still a bit of a question mark because that goes into like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Which mm -hmm. is again, still a question mark. Mm -hmm. um, the parts of the degree that I have found most valuable um, are definitely the um, economic, I guess, side of things, because I think a lot of the time environment and like, economic development are pitted against each other like i think that like again talking about corporations and saying like corporations are against environmental health like that's not necessarily true it's just true in practice most of the time and to understand like how our economic systems function to like prevent environmental health from being a concern 
I think was a really valuable piece of my degree. Um, the other things that go into it, like we did classes on management, we do classes on like financial or um, accounting type things. We do classes on um, legislation or understanding like the, the mechanisms of governments, like at local state or federal levels. Um, there are pieces of understanding how nonprofits function in a space and how nonprofits can fill a gap between like the private sector and the government sector. Um, but I think that I'm pretty excited this upcoming quarter. I have a couple of classes on um, communicating climate change or looking into environmental policy and things like that. So I'm going to be pretty excited to see how like my knowledge base evolves. But I think what it's really giving me is like a foundation to understand like how to affect change within the existing systems. Um, because it's really easy. I think a lot of people can become really passionate about sustainability or like soils or like improving our soils or public health or things that are like really important questions or concerns at this moment in time. But then like, how do you change things or how do you affect change? requires some knowledge of how the system works and the policy component is giving me that like knowledge of how the system is structured or how the system works so i can like use that knowledge to leave or change into it does that make any sense mm -hmm. yeah it really does and you know i would love to have you both on in the future and um see what you learn about you know um climate change and how it's mm -hmm. directly um influenced with soil and just all of those things and how everything ties together. Well, as you both love, you're very both passionate about the planet that we live on. And thank you for being so because some people, you know, not may not be as much, but um, you guys are both, you know, love the planet so much and you both are so focused on um, sustainability. Is there any way that you two are going to possibly, you know, work together in the future in some capacity? Like, is there any way that worlds can you know collide andy oh i was gonna say that would be an absolute dream i think i have to yeah. figure out what the heck i want to do with my life first sure yeah sure mm -hmm. yeah i think like working with someone who shares so much of the same opinions and ideas about things that i do would be such a valuable experience to have and an experience that i would like definitely want to have um the reality of what that looks like in the future is, like Andy said, kind of a question mark. Um, but I'm hopeful that it will be something to do, like something where I can kind of utilize and uh, I guess utilize is the right word. Utilize my uh, my skills with people and um, leading people and communicating with people, and in some way um, utilize Andy's just like vastly extensive knowledge and just like full understanding of like what's going on and how things affect each other and like her understanding and education when it comes to like wellness and like the physical body and things like that I think it would be a dream to do something like that but you know that's very far ahead in the future and we have lots of obstacles to get over before we can get there so we'll keep you updated on that one mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it, you know, and I, I believe in um, manifestation and, you know, if you believe it and you um, you put those 
put those vibes out there. Let's call them vibes that, you know, things can yeah. happen. And so you guys, we have come to my last question of the day. I literally could talk to you guys all day. Um, But so my last question, and it's my favorite question, and it's going to be for both of you. Um, How do you individually, okay, so how do you measure um success? How do you measure success, whether it be in a day, whether it be just in your personal life? How do you, how does that um, come up for you? This is a great question. And I feel like I'm a naturally like inquisitive person. And I just like wonder and think about things like constantly. And one of the things that I constantly, I call them driving thoughts because I do a lot of driving. So like I have a lot of big conversations with myself while I'm driving, just like reflections and stuff. Um, so like one of my big driving thoughts is like how I measure success and like what I feel like, like what am I going to look back on the end of my life? And like, how do I want to feel when I'm at the end of my life? Um, and I think the biggest thing that I always come to is just happiness, um, just like obtaining happiness. And there's a lot of like subsectors that I think come into that if you wanted to get like more specific about it, but, um, just getting to that happiness and understanding and like on a day-to-day basis, it looks a lot like what am I doing to maintain my mental health and my happiness on a day-to-day basis. So like, did I take care of myself that day? Like, did I have like a moment, like just one singular moment of like relaxation and like just like regrounding myself. Uh, I feel like it's very easy, especially like nowadays to just like feel completely ungrounded and just like kind of like floating in the air and not really knowing what's going on. So on a day-to-day basis, a lot of it for me is feeling grounded in like where I am and what I'm doing and the people that I'm with. And then like on a larger scale, it's like the happiness. Like, did I laugh? Like, was I surrounded by good people? Like, did I do good things for other people? Stuff like that. Andy, what do you think? I was just thinking that you're such a wonderfully interpersonally related diplomat, but... (laughs) people tell me I talk like a politician and I you know I thought about it and I think it's a compliment because it just means that I'm not offending anybody else when I'm speaking and that's the goal so I I think it's it's definitely a compliment um because I was just thinking wow I'm so uh so cynical (laughs) um (laughs) I think part of how I measure success I think in a couple of ways I think one is like did you make an impact And, like, that can mean interpersonally. That could mean, like, did I make someone's day better? Like, I think I think externally for a lot of that. Like, did I, like, even something like, did I hold the door open for someone? Did I wave to someone on the street? You know, like, did I do something that would, like, improve someone else's life? Um, Like, thinking of those, like, external interconnections. Did I, like, do something that benefits the planet? Did I do something that benefits the future? even if it's like, did I do something that benefits the future Andy? Like those like, like kindnesses to myself also. And then I think I also measure success, like in terms of a little bit of how you were talking about it, Sam, like, did I, did I do something today that was for me? Like, even if it was like a moment for me, if it was like, I needed a whole day for me, did I do something that I genuinely enjoyed doing? Um, and like, that could be like a very selfish, like hedonistic type thing, or it could be like more of like, I, I wanted to feel good about myself. So I did this. Um, I think that, um, there's like kind of a balance between the two of like, do I do something for me that I enjoy doing in my work, in my pleasure, in my downtime, whatever. And then did I do something for something for someone else? 
and striking the balance between those two things, I think leads me to like some sort of equation of success. Brody, how do you measure success? Um, so I, I measure success in that, um, I take a moment, I try to take a moment every day where I, um, am aware and I realize that the happiness, um, I feel is controlled by me and Mm -hmm. it's on the inside and I'm in control of it. Um, Mm -hmm. that outside, uh, influences have no control over who I am and, um, to be at inner peace within that, um, I know it's very like <laughs> it is very no, so, um, yeah <laughs> so valuable, and I also feel like coming from a standpoint of like coming from a time in your life when you may not have felt grounded or happy or like felt all of these negative feelings, and almost from a space where you're like you don't know the next time that you're gonna feel good or you're gonna feel happy, like having those moments, and like I think it makes you appreciate those moments so much more, mm-hmm. and gives you that that different outlook on life that like if something bad is happening like it's fine we'll get through it mm-hmm. there will be a good time in your life coming forward you just have to like hold on keep your head down like get through it work through it and then you'll be there mm-hmm. and and you know and really find um life in the present because yes really um the future and the past are just ideas at this point um mm-hmm. the past is ideas while well, your own um interpretations of ideas and mm-hmm. the future is something that you're waiting for that might not ever come and so um living in that present moment is what i really try to do every day and it is a practice do not get me wrong i'm not a master of it i'm no buddha but um <laughs> You know, it's it's something that I am aware of, and I think that's the first step in yeah. you know, finding inner peace and finding that sort of um, calmness. <laughs> yes, so true. I totally agree. But I had such a good time today. I want to bring you both on... Um, in the future, you know, we're talking about future and it's just an idea, but yes, I do want to bring both of you guys on back in the future because I enjoyed this conversation so much. And I think there's so much that, you know, it, we still could um, unravel and really get, you know, digging deep. Um, no pun intended, you guys. I made a soil pun. I literally oh just God. thought of that. I literally just thought of that. So anyways, um, but thank you both for being on today. I really enjoyed it so much. Absolutely. This was like honestly so fun. Kind of relaxing. I enjoyed it a lot. It is relaxing, isn't it? Okay. But uh, yeah, so thank you. And thank you all for listening. And until next time, bye bye. Bye.